Hello, people, and welcome to yet another episode of Rethinking Lost. In this episode, we listen to an audio comment from one of our listeners, Ross, of the Creeping with Armstrong podcast, and we take a look back to the year 2006 and the top five theories about the show Lost as printed by Entertainment Weekly. This episode, like every episode of Rethinking Lost, is season six spoiler-free, so go ahead and listen without worry and enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Lost. I am Elton McManus and joining me today as always is Mr. Scott Copperman. Hello. How hello. are you? I'm very good. I think we're going to hit some emails up for, uh, today, then maybe go through some of the top theories that have been debunked. I think that might be a good idea. Ross from the Creeping with Armstrong podcast sent us a theory which um, he did mention that he had sent to another podcast or shared with some other people at another time. Wasn't really sure how much they went into it, but he shared it with us, and and uh, we're happy to share it with you guys. And and I guess the best thing to do is is let Ross speak for himself. Hi guys, it's Ross here from the uh, Creeping with Armstrong podcast over in the UK. Um, just wanted to run a little theory I, I've um, come up with past you. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a film called Zardos. Um, basically, it's uh, Sean Connery in a red nappy flying around in a giant stone head. Um, it's pretty mental, um, but. Watching that, there were so many similarities between that and Lost. I was thinking there must be some sort of connection. Uh, the first thing, well, the the main thing which made me uh, start uh, making the links is right at the very end um, of the film Zardos. Uh, fast forward if you do, if you it, don't want it to be spoiled, but um, a Sean Connery and um, uh, the uh, a woman uh, are in a cave and they slowly get older and uh, until they turn to skeletons and they're left with two skeletons in the cave. Um, there's also uh, the, the Sean Connery's character um, has to get into a, um, a secret um, utopia, um, which is separated from the rest of the world, by uh, by uh, stowing away on board a uh, this flying head, uh, which ends up crashing on onto, into the um, little I keep wanting to say island, but the little sort of utopia, um, and which ends up disrupting this sort of. Uh, uh, this place where people have been living forever and they they cannot um, they cannot die, um, uh, which ends up them becoming very bored and disillusioned and, um, uh, and getting a little bit nuts. Um, and it turns out that the um, the the leader of the community, um, known as Zardos to the people outside the island, has actually been um, manipulating this Sean Connery's character um, all through his life in order to uh, get him into the positions that he can come into this. Uh, into this utopia and disrupt it, which is very similar to what's happened with um, our man John Locke, with the how his life has been uh, manipulated all along. Also, uh, the name Zardos comes from Wizard of Oz, um, because the the guy inside the head is uh, uh, basically the, a Wizard of Oz character. Um, there's a whole thing of um, these people who've created this utopia. They've got they've got two different factions. One one faction which they've uh, almost been dri- driven crazy by uh, by the I- idea of them living forever and want to die, and the other other ones who haven't yet um, uh, haven't yet come to that realization. Uh, so you got you got the two factions on the island there. Um, 
you've got the whole thing uh, with there's an invisible barrier which se separates the uh, the uh, utopia from the rest of the world, which is very similar to Lost with the with the uh, with the, uh, the, the invisible fence. Um, there's just so many similarities in it, um, and the main sort of uh, gist of it is that the the people who created the utopia they erase the um, the knowledge of how it was created to stop themselves ever being able to undo it. Um, unfortunately, this uh, utopia where everyone lives forever it just ends. It was an, an abomination, and, and uh, but they have no way of uh, destroying it themselves, and they just they are almost uh, tortured by this um, this perpetual sort of existence, and they needed someone to come in from the outside in order to stop it. So I think you know, I, I would just recommend everyone go out and watch this film, and because I think there's definitely some. A lot of links there which haven't been picked up yet with Lost, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, our man uh, John has been uh, manipulated all his life in order to come into this utopia of the island, where people are like Richard Alpert are actually stuck in, perpe in a perpetual um, uh, existence. Where oh, there's another thing as well, which I just uh, sorry, to, I'll cut this short in a moment. But the other thing was that. Uh, when people die on this utopia, they're always going to come be brought back alive again, which is and and uh, sort of almost cursed with a uh, perpetual existence uh, or perpetual life. Which um, the thing which Jacob said to when John when he saw him was to help me, um, and I think he actually wants to be helped to be killed. Um, anyway, so yeah, watch Zardos, and I'd be really interested to hear anyone's comments and if they also see the links there. Okay, this is Ross from the Creeper of Armstrong um, podcast. Uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Well, right off the bat, I know some people, when they hear a theory, they jump right on it and they say, no, 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 that's not what it is. Or, But I, I think in Ross's comments, and he's certainly not saying that Jacob is Zardos or Jacob is an immortal or, or no. that there's a one-for-one one correlation, but I think he's really picked up on a lot of similarities and... Uh, I think that's a great observation. Yeah, it's very heavily similar to Lost, isn't it? All the little tie-ins and everything is just absolutely mad. We've got the Wizard of Oz um, correlation there, which we've had running through the show. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing this movie years and years ago. When did this movie come out? I remember seeing this years and years ago when I was a little kid. <laughs> but I, I don't remember anything about it. I'm going to have to go out and get it now just to find out because... It interests me because it is so similar, and I'd like to see how they go. Well, I think from looking online, and and uh, you can get plot summaries and a lot of excerpts of, of the show online, it's different. It has similarities in the way a lot of other literary works and science fiction things do. Certainly some are, are more one-for-one. One. I think he might be right about the idea of, of a character being manipulated kind of for the... to, to break up the boredom and, and to spice things and change things up a little bit for yeah these all-powerfuls. I also think, and, and my 8th grade English teacher would be smacking me in the back of the head for all the times I denied it back in the day, this this show, Lost, and this movie, Zardos, and many other things, do draw from other literary works. If you're going to pull from Wizard of Oz, then there are going to be similarities, because you're, you're both going to some of the same source material. Yeah. Um, and some of it is intentional. Sometimes... Again, although I denied it, well, maybe when he says her love is like a river, he really thought it was just wet and drippy. Well, no, it's sometimes <laughs> they use those things because of the symbolism and the metaphors. And there's nothing wrong with tipping the old hat towards uh, source material that you enjoy, the Wizard of Oz or the Star Wars nods towards that. There's nothing wrong with that, but 
once you go down the line of actually blatantly ripping off people and copying them and so forth, then then that's where you cross the line. Yeah. You just don't go that down that route. Yeah. The, the big hurdle for me was always the idea that, let's say you were writing a story and you decided that one of your characters had a, a last name of Scarecrow, or another character had a lunchbox made of tin, or another character always wore, wore a shirt with a lion on it. And, yeah. You know, when, when a teacher would say, well, that's supposed to make you think of the characters in The Wizard of Oz, I'd be the jerk in class who always went, maybe he just liked lions. <laughs> yeah. As I matured, I came to understand, well, no, he didn't put a bear on the shirt. He purposely put a lion on the shirt. And yes, sometimes people do that to create that kind of connection, to make that, not not just necessarily even like a, a nod to, but then you're supposed to look at the character with the lion on his shirt and pay attention to how fearful he is or how caring yeah. the one with the ten, ten lunchbox is. So, how much it relates to that, that person. Yeah, and whether the creators of Lost had this movie in mind or they drew upon some of the same things, I, I definitely think Ross hit on some at least potential connections. Definitely is worthy of consideration and looking into in a little more detail. Oh, definitely. I think his, his whole um, voicemail was just littered with stuff that yeah. correlates with both programs or the film and the program yeah and not to say that this was the inspiration of lost but that's the part of the fun of lost just seeing parallels between things yeah so, so thanks Ross. that was a great great voicemail no thank you very much the only thing that i would say that i am not looking forward to is watching either jack or sawyer or Locke running around in this little red nappy with knee-high boots and a pistol how the hell did they get sean connery into that outfit though it's ridiculous imagine imagine the meeting for it and say right okay we want you to run around on a beach with some beautiful ladies okay sounds fine and we want you to wear big knee-high boots okay i can do that you gotta grow long hair and have a pistol okay and a red nappy with braces (laughs) at what point did he go do you know what that sounds awesome i can't wait for doing it (laughs) I'll tell you how they do it. They sit there and in that meeting, they have the secretary come in and say, uh, can I get you guys coffee? Um, Mr. Smith, Mr. Dunst, Mr. Bond. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Connery. And then you keep <laughs> mistaking him for Mr. Bond. And then you go, well, you know, you don't want to be typecast. You want to have your own identity. You want to be your own person. So you just keep making yeah. a little dig and then he'll go, I'll do it. He doesn't look bad, though, does he? He, he doesn't look bad in it, though, does he? No, no, there was a time when he was the man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, so this is one theory, you know, a theory that there's some connections, but he's not saying necessarily Zardos is Jacob. It's a neat tie-in. But there are other theories that have been out there. And, uh, you know, the nature of our show, obviously, is to go back and rethink what has been said before. So we have a, a link here to Entertainment Weekly's, it's from May 2006, Top 5... Lost Theories, From Purgatory to Hallucination, EW Explores It All, by Jeff Jensen. Okie dokie. So we thought we'd take a look at this. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. But So in 2006, these were the five top theories getting thrown out there. So where where is May 2006? Where does that put us? Oh, da 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 That's the end of season two. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd imagine just after season two. So we've we've been in the hatch. And we've lost the hatch as well. 
Yes, yeah. season two ends with uh, Jack and Kate and Sawyer getting and Hurley going to meet the others. Hurley getting sent back. And Michael's leaving the island. Yeah. So theory number one on the list here is that the island is purgatory. Basically, that Oceanic Flight A15 crashed. Everyone died. Some people went to heaven, some went to hell. The rest wound up in a dangerous purgatory where they must work toward paradise or risk tumbling into the inferno. The evidence for it is that everyone seems to have something they need to atone for. You know, the idea that purgatory would be a tropical island is is not novel. No. Um, I guess in... I guess it's in Dante's Inferno that purgatory's highest point is the Garden of Eden. The evidence against that is that well, this is back in this time, uh, Lost doesn't really conform cleanly to the conventional explanation of purgatory. I'll throw in a bit more evidence for it was only the end of episode 2 at that point, but what we'd seen go on in the time since was as characters kind of dealt with their demons, they died. They left the island in one form or another. Yeah. So yeah, once they'd reconciled, you know, fixed what they had to fix. You know, the bad guy wasn't so mean anymore. The the guilt was purged, and they were gone as well. Mm-hmm. But as part of this Entertainment Weekly article, there's a fourth category: what they say, what the producers say about it. Is this Lindelof and Hughes? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, they took the theories and they ran them past Lost Producers. Basically said, well, here's what we think. What do you have to say about it? And what the producer said is it's debunked. Damon Lindelof definitively says, we have said this is not purgatory, but people don't want to believe it. These human beings have hearts, and when those hearts stop beating, they are dead. Well, this purgatory storyline has run on for a long, long time. There's still people out there thinking that it may still turn out to be purgatory. And I Well do you think it might not be purgatory in like a biblical sense, but it is still a proving ground of sorts? Yeah. Sometimes well, I don't personally think that. I don't think that they could throw any more religious stuff at this program. I don't think any more may ruin it. Mm-hmm. I I just don't see why people are still hanging on to the purgatory. I can see it being a halfway house between heaven or hell, sort of, but I didn't really actually think of it as being purgatory, even from the very beginning. I No, I didn't want to go anywhere near that sort of thing. Well, let me ask you this. You watched this last season, and you saw Sawyer. You saw Sawyer in 1977. Yeah. Or even go back to, to when he gave up his spot on the helicopter. Right. Did you start to think... They're going to kill off Sawyer. I honestly thought they were going to kill off Sawyer once he'd killed um, Anthony Cooper. Same idea. Then I would think, if you think because he's he's dealt with an issue mm-hmm. that he may get written off the show, then in the back of your head is maybe not purgatory in the in the literal sense, but it's a purgatorical kind of place. <laughs> that Did you, you just know, make up a word? I made up a word. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think even though they said that it's not purgatory they've created a climate and and experience has shown that you know as characters deal with issues they are killed off and so it, it yeah. still has that kind of feel to it but Sawyer didn't die no at least not not in the sense we know yet so a case no. could be made that uh, that's more evidence against well please people stop thinking it's purgatory <laughs> please I don't personally think it is I never have no but you do think it has a uh, waiting room kind of 
No, no, I, I don't. No, I, I don't believe that. The only reason I may have been swayed that way is because when everyone reached redemption, then they were killed off, and it did have a theme of that happening. Mister Echo had it. I've got to think of some others now. Boone had it, uh, and many other people that crashed on that island in the plane had it. That I can't well, think what, of at the moment. What do you think about this? Rather than being a place where you you wait until you deal with your issues and then you move on to somewhere else. Mm. What if this is almost more of a, not a reward, but it's a place where you can go, almost like Valhalla for for the Norse, where you, you get to go and, and fight in... Your reward for being a great soldier is you get to go and fight in a great war with gods. Yeah. Not so much a, a reward, but kind of... You get to go to this place and you're given a chance to to face your demons. You're getting a right. chance to face Anthony Cooper. You're getting a chance to change who you were. You don't go anywhere as a result of it, but it's kind of, yes, Sawyer, you went down this path of, of hurt and you felt like you had no, you couldn't be anything but what you were. Well, here you are, and here's your chance to reinvent yourself. Here's your chance to be something else. Mm-hmm. But not, okay, now you did it. You're going on. It's just... It's like moving to a new town when you when you're growing up. Yeah, you know, you, you might have been popular, not popular, whatever. You move to a new town, nobody knows you. You have a chance to kind of start fresh. Yeah, yeah, you yeah you got your chance then, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. All right. The next theory on the list is that it's all a hallucination. Ooh, dear. So basically, <laughs> that the island is not exactly real. All the characters are aspects of one person. Usually, they say it's Jack or Hurley or Walt, but they're all facets of that person's personality or that everyone's on the plane going through turbulence right now and we're kind of seeing like this these delusional thoughts of those people on the plane. Right, okay. So the evidence for it is all the bizarre stuff you see on the island and the hallucinations and the polar bear and the, the horse and Jack's dad. And again, we're only through two seasons at this point. Yeah. And the evidence against it is been you had the episode Dave, which seemed to come right out and say, you think this is it, but it's not. Right. And then the producers say it's debunked, sort of. <laughs> Carlton Cuse says that any hallucination theory that denies life and death stakes on the island isn't valid. So could it be a hallucination where if you die, you die? <laughs> I don't I don't know. That's What, more like a game show? Because uh, I've heard that bandit sound. Oh, maybe. You know, it, it could all be a game show. Oh, please don't do that either. Um, yeah. We're like the Matrix. Well, we we got to take the stance from that we we've only seen two seasons at this point as well, haven't yes, we? Yes, that's so true. It's still a lot, lot to come, and it's really hard to take yourself back and remember what you were thinking at that time. Because I remember thinking it's just you know what is the island, where is the island? That they were the important questions. Do you think it could be like the Matrix that they're living through something in their heads, and if if they die in that imaginary world? They die in real life. Ooh. I mean, that's how I interpret Carlton Cuse's statement that, you know, there better be life and death stakes. That if you, you know, a gunshot on the island yeah. is meaningful. Right. Um, I don't buy into the hallucination, although I do like the theory of it could just be the thoughts of one person, but splitting off into lots and lots of different thought processes. And we're following all the characters of his mind. A bit like a Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing. Yeah. Played out in his head. I like that idea to a a certain point. But I think we've come too far to actually think anything of that sort. Right. I think back at the end of season two, 
it was entirely feasible that the end of the show would be, or at some point in the show, you would go to a laboratory and you would find Hurley on a table with electrodes hooked to his head and yeah, or in a mental hospital and such. But I think in the seasons past that, not just because of what producers have said, but in the things that have gone on, we, we've kind of moved away from that. That would be definitely very unsatisfying. And even the way new characters have been introduced, they, they don't have a common connection in the sense that you could start to piece together like, oh, well, wait, this is his lust, this is his anger, this is his you know, fear. Yeah, well, I'll do the next one. Um, it's a mutant hothouse. Synopsis says, the most famous internet theory argues that the psychics are influencing castaways for mysterious and possible good reasons. British fan Andrew Smith's hypothesis is that Dharma Initiative, as part of a sci-fi theme to engineer war-free utopia, cultivated a group of superhuman beings, of which, which may include some of the castaways, capable of wielding the island's electromagnetic energy. Okay. So basically, they think that uh, Ethan and Walt and Mr. Friendly are like genetically altered. They're, they're the future of humanity. They're, they're yeah. the the eugenics, they're con. <laughs> From Wrath of Khan. Well, which was played up to a certain extent with um, Ethan hanging Charlie from the uh, the tree. And we mm-hmm. thought, you know, how the hell did he get up all the way out there? And they all seemed very strange and very weird type of guys. And he took, uh, Mr. Friendly took his beard off at the end and wondering why he's covering up his tracks like that. And it all seemed very weird. But I like the idea. I like the idea of it. I think they've made Dharma and the others in general, with, with only a few exceptions, much more pedestrian now, though. I mean, through season two, it was all mysterious, and all the alternate reality stuff kind of suggested there was a lot more to it, but, I mean, they're they're pretty ordinary people. Yeah, but what and... do we know about the um, the others by the end of season two? We knew that they were wearing fake beards and fake moustaches. We knew... we knew they wanted Walt because he was special. Yeah. They wanted to exploit the children. Did they find coal by that point? No, they didn't find coal by that point. But they were running experiments on Walt. They. But we didn't know if they were Dharma or not. We didn't know if they were the same same group. Oh we, yeah. See. A common thought was they were escapees or a splinter group of Dharma. Yeah. But they they also walked through the woods very quietly. You didn't hear their footsteps at all, and that was kind of creepy as well. And. I like the idea of it, but the evidence against it, Smith's theory, while inspired and well-researched, leans heavily on details of the orientation film. And as the May 10th episode suggested, I wonder what episode that was. That must have been the, um, the end one. The season finale, maybe? Um, let's see. Whether the film was real is basically what it's suggesting. So maybe Ben said something about Dharma. Uh, no, there, there was wasn't uh, Alvar Hanzo. He was actually in the Orientation movie, wasn't he? It, the Orientation movie mentioned the De Groots. Mm-hmm. It had a picture of Alvar Hanzo. It zoomed up to him, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He was in a building. It, oh, that's right, the silhouette. Yeah, and it, he was always Mr. X in these mm-hmm. movies. You always see the guy that you just can't catch. He's always through the door, through the window, with the briefcase, and you never catch him. Yeah. Well, the producers seem to like it, but say... Not quite it. (laughs) (laughs) 
actually, the, the comment in particular is that it's incredibly imaginative, obviously written by someone who watches very carefully, but it, it leaves out the things that contradict it. So, Well, I'm not going to buy that anyway. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. Theory number four is that humanity was almost extinct and that okay. a worldwide calamity has wiped out the rest of humanity and by design or chance, the oceanic castaways are the last survivors on Earth. I like that. It, it made sense... At the time, you know, this idea that you were out of touch with, with the rest of the world and yeah. nobody was looking for them. The part about that that I would say kind of goes with the, the feedback from the producers before that, okay, but so then why is Dharma there? Why is this, this history of the island? Even in, through season two, it was, it didn't fit that the others were there and, and uh, there was all that Dharma stuff. It, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, right. And I think certainly we've seen since then that there's... <laughs> there's people living off the island life goes on So, I do like the idea of it though the plane has been taken out of the air and crashed on the island let's say a nuclear war or some, some explosion that's taken them out all life and didn't um, Desmond mention about he was in a snow globe when he came back at the end of season 2 as well and that was a nice little touch and he said no this is it this is all that's left we're just in a snow globe and he went out on his boat and he just the first land that he saw was the island yeah and that helped that theory along ever so slightly I think yeah yeah it seems to be contradicted by the food drops you know all the supplies that are coming in and yeah you know it might be government experiment they might be watching them from a distance to see how they would handle this type of thing but it just didn't quite didn't quite fit and certainly knowing what we know now you know everybody's fine off the island yeah all right so the fifth and final theory on this article from 2006 um is that mad scientists are to blame ah. passengers were brought to the island as guinea pigs in a wide range of experiments like studying the effects of electromagnetic energy on humans the monster is a watchdog whose primary job is to keep the test subjects from straying outside of the em section of the island the others could be test subjects, or the scientists themselves, or a group of ex-scientists who now oppose the experiments. Hmm. I like all these theories. I wish I could go back in time and just, you know, sit back down and go, yeah, that's it, or that's it. I really enjoyed that sort of part about Lost. I mean, it, it definitely had its its basis in evidence in that there were experiments going on on the island. Mm-hmm. You know, in that they did try to do these crazy things, and they did unwittingly test people, and... There are magical powers of the island and a lot of stuff like that. But at, even in 2006, the biggest evidence against it was a plane crashed. <laughs> and if you're going to recruit people, that doesn't seem like the smartest way to do it. No, and there was... Uh, I remember hearing talk of uh, how did they get the plane crashed so precise if they wanted that plane there? Why go through all the trouble of trying to uh, get Desmond not to turn the key or not... To press the button mm-hmm. to actually get the plane to crash. Seems just a long-winded way of getting people onto a plane and onto an island. Why didn't they just actually land the plane if they're just guinea pigs? Well, interestingly, in 2006, this was the theory the actors liked best. Daniel Day Kim said that he thought that castaways were part of a human ant farm run by the Dharma Initiative. Mm-hmm. Michael, he thought that the scientists were using the island to test like some new philosophy of the one-world religion. And Josh Holloway said he thought the island was kind of like the Death Star. And the button is the only thing that keeps it from becoming the ultimate weapon. 
That, I don't think, is debunked in the sense... Because it may very well be Jacob and the dark-shirted guy who brought them here for a wide range of tests of character. And Will this group be the group that is worthy of whatever prize the two are offering? Yeah. You know, it only ends once. Is, is this the group that's going to end it? Yeah, it does seem like they've played the same game again and again. Yeah, like the game show, like you said, is it kind of a you know test where there could be no winner? It's possible that all the can- contestants lose, and then you just get a whole yeah. new group of contestants. And... Test of humanity, and how humanity actually reacts to stuff thrown at them on a day-to-day basis, plus their their past catching up with them. Yeah. Well, we'll put the link to this article in the show notes. If you take a look at it, just be careful because. It is on the EW site, but surrounding it on all the edge is very current headlines and links and stuff, so you may stumble on a spoiler. Yeah. But, uh, if, if you had to choose one, out of them five, what one would you prefer it be? Which one do I hope it... Which one would I want it to be, or which one do I think is most credible? Uh, if you had a choice, it had to be one of these five, what one would you rather Lost turn out to be like? Well, definitely wouldn't be satisfied by It's All a Dream. The Dallas Theory. Yeah. Purgatory, I think they've gotten away from. I think uh, the last one, mm. the one where someone is testing them, and and maybe it's Jacob. Maybe you know now they only have a season left. It would have to be Jacob, but you know if they were going to go on longer, I could see them introducing another group of characters, the puppeteers. Yeah, I'd be happy with the last one. So these were just five theories, five theories that were most popular in 2006. I know in. Wikipedia, they have actually a list of probably about 15 debunked theories. We'll we'll take a look at that in our next episode. And anything else, if if you guys have other other theories, not so much your theory personally, but a theory that you remember was really popular, everybody thought it was this, and then it turned out not to be, Mm. you know, go ahead and let us know. And Yeah, we love looking at old sites, so if you got a couple things, I know there's some old theory threads on uh, the 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42.com website. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is, but I got it right. Woohoo. <laughs> so, uh, this has been good. You know, yeah. And, and uh... <laughs> Let's go through some more of the mad and the bad next time, then. Yeah, and uh, just as with Ross, we really appreciate Ross sending us that, that bit of uh, theorizing. You know, I think he was, like we said, right on with some things. If you think there's something else that's worth taking a look at, you don't have to send us an audio file. You can also just send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm SHC1970. Elton is Elton McManus, all one word. You know, if you follow one of us, follow us both. Yeah, I'm glad to take any messages on there and go through them either on Twitter or we take it onto the show. I'm quite happy to do that. And Elton and I also produce another podcast. It's not about Lost. It's just kind of about random stuff. Usually a bit of weird news, uh, a crazy website or two, a couple other things. We definitely invite you to come and take a listen to that. It's called An Apotheosis of a Bombast. It's another mouthful. (laughs) You can find it on iTunes, or if you go to our site, uh, you can link to it from there. That's bombastpodcast.podbean.com. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you all for the continued feedback. We're very happy to be part of the Lost Podcasting Network. If you're listening to us on a direct subscription, be sure to check that out. And if you're on the Lost Podcasting Network, feel free to go visit our site at rethinkinglost.podbean.com. 
that's where we put the links in the show notes and you'll see some feedback from some other listeners and such yeah no an- another episode wrapped up alright well thank you all very much and what is it now eight more weeks it's oh, eight oh. more weeks alright I have to vent for a minute here you know, don't, don't just turn me off don't just go on to your next podcast sit and listen to this because you want to know this information I wish I could remember who I heard it from. I think it was the Flash Forecast people. But apparently, V is going to be coming out, and it will do four episodes in November. Yeah. And then go on hiatus until March because of the Olympics. Is that Winter Olympics? Yes. Silly question, I suppose. Which, I'm going to theorize this, and I hope I'm debunked. I'll bet they table lost until after the Olympics. Because you notice they don't say Lost is coming January 17th, Lost is coming whatever. They just say early 2010. Yeah. Isn't it tabled for around about end of January, start of February? I'm not too sure, but... I think it depends on who has the broadcast rights to the Olympics. Right. Surely that should have been sorted out by now. Oh, yes. But if it's... Well, let me look real quick. See, with V having four episodes and then going on a hiatus of, what, three months? That's worse than Lost in season three when they had uh, six episodes and went on for, what, two, maybe three months to catch up on the writing and uh, the filming of the pro- uh, project. Yeah. They well, you know what it is, actually? I, I just realized it's NBC has the rights to the Olympics here in the United States. Yeah. And I guess V is on that same network. I thought V was on ABC. Oh. And I was going to say, you know, how could they not learn the lesson? People were so upset with the handling of Lost and the way they scheduled it in these chunks. And they had this long hiatus mid-season and such. You know, uh, So I don't know if Flash Forward is going to do the same thing. I hope not. I hope other networks continue to go on with you know, their... The regular programming, because I mean, the Winter Olympics are okay, but I don't need to see every bit of figure skating and ski jumping and. I don't know. High definition uh, figure skating's not too bad. I don't know. Uruguay Sometimes. versus uh, Bolivia in ice hockey. That's not necessarily something I need to see. Right. Okay. <laughs> but either way, so I I don't know. I if anyone has an update on what what will be going on with Lost, if they have an actual start date. You know, go ahead and send it to us. Yes, because I'd like to know. Yeah, I'd Ready? like to book it in my calendar. I'd like to know when when it ends as well, so I don't actually miss any of the episodes. That uh, normally happens. Uh, I have to admit, though, with V, I, I mean, you can't really DVR it and not watch it. But if I could lock myself in a bubble <laughs> and and have that all saved to watch continuously, I, I would yeah. be tempted to do that because I hated that with Lost, how they would do it and then go away for three weeks and then come back and be gone for two more. What, just save the first four and wait for it to come back? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So I haven't got a DVR at all. Oh. We have Sky Plus over here, but I haven't got the Sky Plus yet. I'm not that rich or <laughs> fancy, and my TV's still big and boxy at the moment. I'm waiting for that to die, then I can go and buy a nice big TV. Well, then you could then... videotape it. <laughs> that doesn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how long it's been since I used a video recorder? Oh, I use them all the time. We actually were just out today, and there was uh, a man in the mall had a table of uh, kids' movies on videotape. Yeah. I mean, you buy them on DVD, and they're $6, 7 $8 each, even on a deal. This is 
This was three for two dollars. Get Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Pete's Dragon, all that stuff. Oh, I love Pete's Dragon. Yeah. That was wicked. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be brilliant if they brought Pete's Dragon into Lost? Yeah. He was the monster stomping around, knocking all the trees over. <laughs> and just like just like Pete's Dragon used to get upset when he was spurned. Maybe yeah. he's been he's feeling rejected. <gasps> and the <laughs> others the others look like that weird family that were trying to keep Pete. Yeah. Wow. That's mental. I might actually have to put some time into this. We'll have to put it towards the producers and see if they can debunk that one as well. <laughs> so if you've liked the last three minutes of, of this podcast, you'll love Apotheosis of a Bombast because <laughs> that's basically what we do. But uh, thank you all for listening. And yes. definitely do send us the schedule. If you if you know when Lost starts officially, You know we're going to keep an eye out. We'll let you know when we know. But Yeah, I'm... Uh... Just one final thing on that. I'm not bothered about uh, learning or not knowing the titles of the episodes. You would Are like you? to know or you don't? It doesn't bother me. If someone sends us the list, it doesn't really bother me if they've given us the titles. No, it, it doesn't bother me either, but I, I see it as like a, almost like a gateway drug. Yeah. Sometimes it's safer to stay away because you see the one... Not that you're going to see it and want to see more, Yeah. but included in that list is something else but yeah I agree the lost titles are pretty clever and often misleading even if episode 3 was called the death of Sawyer it's entirely likely that Sawyer would (laughs) be alive at the start the middle and the end of that episode that's right it would be a heartbroken death of Sawyer instead of a physical death of Sawyer yeah or he'll cast away the nickname and he'll go back to being James we should write for lost we have so many great ideas of what they could do I don't think we're beating the uh, the end of season three yet. No, I'll rewrite that. No. <laughs> right, let's halt proceedings here yes. before anyone else turns off. Yes. So thank you very much again, and we will talk to you in a week. Thank you very much, guys, for the final time. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.